thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today in the absence of my co-host, Corey Walsh, who just so happens to be on vacation out in Cali right now, is my good old friend, Dan Galinsky of the King James Gospel. Dan, how you feeling on this fine Saturday afternoon? It's a good day, man. Uh, another an, another step closer to football, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting for sure. I love, I love this this time of year. Yeah, I do too. Outside of the heat, <laughs> it's getting hotter every year, and that's probably my biggest complaint um, in regards to this time of the year. But I love the fact that we're we're not too far away from the return of football, whether that be college or the NFL. Really, all levels of football, and the NBA isn't too far off now that we've got a lot of things uh, sorted out. Um, but in regards to the Cavaliers, because this is a Cavalier podcast, right? <laughs> um, there is still a big uncertainty right now. That it's really the hot topic. Everybody talks about it. As much as I would like to get away from it, we just can't because we don't have an answer right now. It's just tough. Uh, Colin Sexton, man. You, and you know that was probably going to be the first topic that we uh, touched on today when I brought you on. This is a best case worst case scenario episode so let me just start off by saying this and i'm sure you listen to this too on a recent wine and gold talk host chris fedor indicated that colin sexton's current contract situation probably doesn't have an end well uh, uh, yeah an end in sight anytime soon and I think it was reported that Colin had hoped for Jalen Brunson money, which is about 25, 26 mil a year. I could be wrong on that on average. Uh, but there doesn't appear to be a market for the guy right now, which puts him in a very tough situation. Now, we both know that he's been extended the $7.2 million qualifying offer, as well as that three-year, $40 million contract extension. Uh, Fedor also went on to say that this is the type of guy that loves to bet on himself and prove people wrong, which I think that's true. I, I don't know about you, Dan, uh, but just kind of getting a general sense for how the guy views himself and watching him play, uh, watching him around his teammates. He, he just kind of rubs me that way, too. But uh, Fedor also went on to say that he really could see Colin opting to playing on the qualifying offer. So, uh, my question for you, my friend, is if you were calling with the body of work that he's put up prior to the injury, would you feel comfortable betting on yourself? I think at this point, it's I probably would just because it seems like he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place um, just because the 
uh, looming Lavert question whether he gets extended. Um, I just think for him, it's I mean, next offseason seems to be a big one. I mean, there's going to be major players in that as well. We know, obviously, um, the Braun rumors, um, Wiggins, what have you. Uh, but yeah, if I'm Colin, I probably would. And and, and I understand it's, it's pickup. You, you take it with a grain of salt, massive grain of salt, <laughs> but he does look like he, he physically is there. I mean, we yeah. have to see as far as the explosion explosion. And I think with him, it's, it's just going to be metal. Uh, is he going to have that same, uh, slashing effectiveness? Does he trust, um, to kind of I, like, with his acrobatic finishes in the air or near the basket, how does he trust the landing on that? Um, I I think he'll be fine. He seems like, I mean, there, he really hasn't been injury prone at, at, at other levels at all. And he is, he is sturdy. I think he'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I just think right now it's, it's tough just because of the lack of market right now. Um, signing trades are, are again, still tough. And I mean, we saw it with Lowry. I think was the only restricted free agent last year to to sign an offer. I'm not. I could be mistaken, but I think that was the case. Yeah. Um, if I'm him, I probably would. And it just seems like if he does sign here, I, I want him here. I, I personally do. Me too. And I still would like to. I still much rather the Cavs, quite frankly, like deal Levert for like a um, Bogdanovich type guy, <laughs> uh, and then bring Colin back, and they just kind of find ways to open things up with Jetty and or Dylan uh, and kind of freeze things up that way. But if I'm Colin and I'm not, if I haven't proven that I can start right now, I, I, I don't know why he would frankly sign. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's becoming increasingly likely that we do see Colin return on that qualifying offer, because to me, it's not, it's no longer a question of, Hey, will Colin return? It is a question of for how long? Uh, so I think that's where most people's mindsets have probably shifted to. Now, I also kind of want to ask you this because, uh, we've seen a lot of people kind of use his, uh, 10 and a half, 11 game sample size against him in regards to how well he actually fits with this current group. Um, how much do you think that actually plays into the Cavs current, uh, evaluation of him? Like based on what they saw those 10 and a half, 11 games, do you think that was enough for them to really solidly make a determination that this guy does or doesn't fit with the group? I don't think so. I think it, I mean, again, the stats don't show it. I mean, I, I've listened, I listen to all these. I, I know you've touched on it as well. Like I know I, I get the assist to turnover ratio was obviously not favorable and there was the three point shooting woes, but he's had these, I, I think it was Chris Manning on one of your recent episodes that basically just noted how he's had like these random, just like, like ice cold spells from three yeah. throughout his career, even in other years. And then it shot up again. Um, I just think with him, it was an adjustment and whether the stats show it or not, I mean, if you look at the tape, I, I know you've touched on it like ad nauseum, he, the passing growth was there, whether that was shown or not. Um, and the usage was still high. I, I just think with them, they need to figure out um, how he can, like when, especially when Rubio's back, like how is it going to be with how, how, um, 
I, I just personally don't want – if they factor in like a 10-and-a-half game sample to that, <laughs> I just think that's very ill-advised. I don't really think the Cavs Not are that good. I don't think they're that yeah. spiteful or anything. And I, I mean, I'm not Hiram. I'm not going to say that they have like a conspiracy theory to not get him punches <laughs> because if you look at the usage rates, it, it was similar. It was, I mean, he still had the highest one in that yeah. sample. It, it was consistent with a starting guard, uh, you know, right. starting two. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really read much into that, but yeah. And I buy him as a shooter. I don't really take much away from that. He's shown from a catch and shoot standpoint, like the confidence steadily grew there's he's still going to hesitate at times but i i don't think that really weighs much into the fit that like to that extent i just think the 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 elephant in the room is is can how do they figure out with him and karis um i I still think karis frankly would be better as kind of like a de facto one off the bench that's what i think that's that's just to me what he'd fit best at i mean i understand he shot better with the starters but He's just an abysmal three-point shooter. I mean, there's there's no if ands or buts, and that has nothing to do with rhythm. He's just never been one. That's not his thing, and I just think that's what they have to figure out more than anything is that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a completely valid point. I, I think a lot of that is going to kind of play itself out, especially when factoring in, you know, when Rubio's going to return, how exactly they're going to use Neto because they're not going to roll him out there at the two. Uh, obviously. So who knows what Karras' long-term fit with the franchise is right now, or at least for this upcoming season. Um, I mean, there's been reports out there that some within the Cavs organization may prefer Levert's fit next to Garland as opposed to Sexton's, just purely based upon the length (laughs) and the size advantages that he has. Yeah, I mean, he does. He he has a 6'10 wingspan, so I I get that. But again, there's the issue with Ken. Does he have off-bio ball viability um does he actually like, use his defensive attributes right because <laughs> they're inherent they're been, game, but is he going to use them he's never been an off like he's he's never really been a disruptor on that end so it, it's it's just hard to see I, I don't see the rationale being that much of a, a boom to the starting unit personally and uh, and the other thing is like where does ochai fit into that also, like oh, I, I actually think he's coming can, off the bench, man. I, I think he. Can, well, I'm just saying, like, can, like, how does he fit with Levert as well? Like, I, I think he. I mean, because there's Isaac is like also in that yep. mix. It, it's just it's tough to figure out. Like, it would be a, I think a lot easier. Like, they, they're going to have to. I think sooner or later make that des- determination on Levert if they should extend him or not because. I just I feel like keeping him here on an expiring deal could be a disaster. I, I just I don't know what they're really gonna get out of him. And is he really like is he really going to demand like are you getting better capital back after the fact? I, I don't know. Like it, it's I just don't love the talk and narrative surrounding Levert personally. It's just very concerning right now. <laughs> All right, so here's here's where I'm at here. And before I even get to that, I just have a couple of questions that I want Cavs fans to ponder this. You know, if we're going to use a 10.5 game, 11 game sample size from calling this season, after that amount of games, that same amount of games, did you seriously think that DG was going to turn into an all-star this year? 
Did you think Jared Allen was? Did you think Kevin Love would play the most games that he's ever played in six years? NBA Sixth Man of the Year finalist after the stinker of a season he had last year when he only suited up for 25 and was often moody. (laughs) I mean, things can change over the course of a year. And frankly, to use that sample size uh, with the current fit, you know, the current core that uh, that Cleveland has in place to me, it's just – It's unjust, Um, and I kind of throw it away just because you cannot really – I think at bare minimum, maybe 25 games. You see the guy 20, 20, 25 games uh, with the current roster. Maybe you can make more of a solid uh, assumption on that, on his fit. But to me, it's just you you can't go that low. you got to give the guy some more time. And with Levert. Um, I think a lot of the Levert extension hinges upon what the hell Colin decides. If Colin says, hey, I'm going to go ahead, bet on myself, play on the qualifying offer, and hit unrestricted free agency next season, um, I think there is that does start to ramp up the talk in regards to an extension with Levert, and that's multifaceted in itself. Is Karis going to ask for similar type of money that Colin is right now? Um, I doubt it. And he might, but he might not receive it, um, just purely based upon what we're seeing Collins' value be. Um, he does have some intangibles that are working in his favor, um, a la the size. But as you put, I mean, the off-ball viability that in regards to the starting lineup, can he really be a, a solid off-ball shooter, a good secondary playmaker uh, for Cleveland? It just really all these things have to be answered before they can ponder on what type of extension to give him. Because if I'm not mistaken, the guy's going to be making what 17, 18 mil this year. And Cleveland fans barely want Colin to be paid 13.3. So, how much do you truly value Karis? Do you think Karis is that much better of a player than Colin that you would compensate him similar money or more? So, I don't know. And then uh, as you stated earlier, you know, Isaac Okoro fits into this. And I think if Isaac can somehow take that leap, that third year leap that uh, most Cavs fans have seen out of Colin and DG respectively, um, that is going to factor in, in my opinion, in regards to cares, just because uh, you're going to have yet another guard who can play on both ends of the ball if he's able to take that leap. And that kind of lessens the need for a cares in my opinion. Uh, so there's just so many questions that JB is going to have to sort through this season in regards to the rotation. And that's without even factoring in Rubio. That's without factoring in how Akbaji is going to fit into this two, three type of uh, um, position group. So that's just, it's crazy. The amount of stress he's going to have on him. I, I don't envy him, but I do have to kind of circle back here. Give me your best case scenario for Colin Sexton this season. I would say to me, it's they deal Levert prior to the season. Um, for a Bogdanovich or a Conley? <laughs> like a, like a, I would just say like a forward type guy that can bring some, like has, some or like an off ball viability thing um, or just say like, I, I really wanted Kyle Anderson personally. That was such a key target. I understand this is, this is, I mean, this is way past that, but um, 
either like a guy that can shoot it at a high level and, and is at least like to some volume, um, that type of guy or somebody that is, is kind of like a, like jumbo playmaker that can guard, um, that type, but we'll have to see what plays out. I don't know. Uh, but for Colin, I just think either that or eventually like they see after 10 games, like it doesn't work with Levert. I, I don't want to like discount Levert. He, it, it, he was better as a starter, more efficient. I give him that. Um, but I'd rather Colin eventually start again and they kind of work him back into things and then they figure it out. Um, maybe he plays, he stars and plays 27 minutes, uh, that sort of thing. And then they play some with him and Levert. Uh, I it, think it's just, that's where it's, we're heading. It's hard to say. I, I just really don't buy that Levert can really like take over that like two role and firmly establish himself. I just really don't. Um, because people always ha- say like, Oh, uh, Colin can't play off the ball. Like he's shown mate, like, like his progression as a shooter is, is really been marketed, marketed growth. And I encourage people to go back and watch those first 11 games for Cleveland this season and see the ball movement that Collins actually bring. How many open th- like corner triples or just bunnies were missed from his passes. It, it just seems so much like it was so yeah. frequent and I mean, not every pass is going to be like a lob dunk. Like that's not like he's not that sort of passer. He's more of like a a dump off guy and like mm-hmm. a, a a spray out guy. And I yeah. think that's an area where Darius honestly needs to get better at is hitting like like three like a drive and kick. Yeah, like we know what he can bring as far as the floater in in the shots or the shots career at the rim. And, and he's a good passer. It's not. It's more just – it's not like he can't make those plays. I just think that is that is actually one thing that's very underrated about Colin. And Karras is a good passer. Like, I think he's honestly a better passer right now than Colin. I do too. But yeah. people – the biggest issue to me with Harris that's, that's – I don't know why. It seems like it's, like, glossed over is – and this plays into the best case, whatever, is he I, – I'm sorry that, like, I, I, I'm a big, like – you know, I'm a big injury guy – Mm-hmm. He's like the opposite of durable. I'm sorry. And <laughs> if you're extending, like people are saying, "Well, Collins coming off injury. He's he's never been hurt. Really. No, he missed ten game, the one based on an and angle. two back to back full seasons. Uh, I think we want he in his first season he played all 82. In his second season, it was a shortened season, if I'm not mistaken, and he played it yeah, all in that right. season. Yeah, and again, so I, I just and again he's. Much younger, I, I don't know. Best case is he eventually gets back into the two and they work it out. Uh, and to me, though, he needs to. I do like to see him, uh, like show some movement, shooting growth. I think with him and Darius, like Darius has that ability, but for whatever reason, his off ball shooting kind of fell off a cliff last season. I think part of that was probably just fatigue. Um, but carrying yeah, everybody I, I on just, his back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not his fault. And yeah, but with Colin, if he, I, I don't, I, Colin's never going to say anything publicly. He's not that kind of guy or really stir things up. I just don't know if he really will be bought into that bench role type thing. I, I really don't know um, because we got Howell as well and Ricky. So that yeah. further complicates it. 
Um, I mean, if he buys into a bench role and people that Cavs fans love to say, oh, he's a Lou Will type, like if he does do that and likes it. I hate that. Can I just say that? I hate that so much. I don't know why he should be content with being that. Like he has – if he's a No players should. You should want to start. You should never in your – when you're going to be in your age 24 season be striving to be a bench – like spark plug like that's that's not him he's way more physically gifted than Lou Will ever has been mm-hmm. and I, that's just I mean I don't see Colin as a guy that is going to be traded like 10 times in his career like he, he's he's a way better player than Lou Will some people are already labeling this guy a, a journeyman some people already think he is destined to be a journeyman, and I do not understand that. And if you they go don't back, know, they they don't <laughs> understand basketball. And they, again, these people that think that like the Cavs fell off a cliff last season, uh-huh. post All Star, because they did not have multiple creators, and and really before that, if I'm being frank, and part of that was the Rubio absence. I get that, yeah. But if you don't have guys that can get through gaps and be rim pressure players. That your offense is going to stagnate. Like it, you're eventually going to hit a wall, and effort defensively will take those swings away because, like that, that's just what happens. And eventually, you're like I, I love guys like Dean, um, and I, I respect what Isaac does. He's at least active, but you need careers, and he is one of those guys that's an advantage career. And we, and in my opinion, Karis really is not that kind of guy. Like he doesn't have quick, he doesn't have functional quickness in set offense. And that's the biggest problem with the anti Sexton crowd is Mm -hmm. they don't realize Colin, Colin, it's a lot easier to look viable defensively and analytically when you have Mobley and Allen behind you on the other end of the floor. Yes. And, Isaac, I, I, again, I'm I, people probably think I'm like an Isaac, like <laughs> or something. I'm really not. It's just analytically, it's hard to really take a lot from his, his on off splits because it's not really good when you're in a playing game and, and that guy is being like played, got played off the floor on Rondo. And yeah. I don't like in, in game key games down the stretch last season, Isaac quite frankly was horrible. I mean, he was just objectively not good. And I don't think, like, the defense really averages things out to make him, like, such an upgrade over other guys. Like, you've touched on this often, too. I want Lamar to actually get minutes. And I I think he needs to be a guy that is in there. And that's another – it's going to be tough for JB because I like Dean as well. I mean, he's he's an impact defender. But – there's just so many question marks as far as like what the packing order is going to be. I think Mobley is the second option, but ideally I'd probably rather Colin be that next year and then Mobley have another year. But it's just very, what the reports have been lately have been very, 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 very concerning is, is all I can say. And yeah, I, it's sorry about the tangent. It's just, with Colin, oh, man, that's very, what we're here. <laughs> it's very, very complex, and people, I think, still don't understand that you like today's league is about offense. It's a, it's about 
advantage creation. And if Fuck we don't have him back, the other issue is it puts even more – it doesn't exactly alleviate pressure on Darius, who I love. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's like a nuclear-level shooter, and he's a hell of a passer. But I, I don't want him to have to deal with those back issues throughout next season again. And They'll pop up if he has to. It, it, it's going to re, yeah, you know, it, it's it's going to re the head again if it has to. If it ends up being like this, and I guarantee you, behind closed doors, Darius is definitely pushing for Colin to be back because he knows what he provides. And Karen, oh, sure. I'm sorry that that ain't people have always throughout his career have always thought like Karis Levert is is like some like godsend or like really like he's like a missing piece type thing to like a deep playoff run. And, I, and that's just never been the case. Uh, it's, it's, un, I mean, whether that's harsh or not, what, when is he act? I mean, when is, does he have any deep or even like vi, like notable playoff runs in his career? I, I mean, it's the jury's out on him. And is he going to get better? Like, absolutely. I, not. Think, I just think, I, see, I, I'm a little bit of a different Extending him that. would be a, that would be a big mistake, in my opinion. Like that, I, I've loved what Kobe has done for most of his tenure, um, all things considered. But that would be a bad, very, very backwards decision, in my opinion. I think so, it depends upon the number you get him for. Like cause for me, are you going to count on Karis Levert to be your number two or, or number three option? No, and I don't think you should. But I still think that in a full off season of work uh with this current group i think he can be much better than he was in his 19 games uh in the regular season with cleveland and i think that the biggest question mark with uh karis as you already stated earlier the biggest caveat with him is health like that's always been the biggest thing in his career the guy to my knowledge and i'm looking at it right now he's never played more than 71 games in any season and that was all the way back in the 2017 2018 season and so for him, that's the biggest caveat. And I think if you can get the guy on a manageable deal, um, it, it'll work. But at the same time, um, when you're talking about having to plan for the eventual max contract, probably for Mobley, you just got DG on a max deal. You're going to have to figure out what the hell is going on with Colin. You got Jared on the books already. You're going to have to make a decision on Okoro. And there's other guys here that you're going to have to figure out and make decisions on. Levert? Can I just ask you one one question as a sure. side note? Sure. Would you rather extend? I mean, it's not it's not a direct parallel, but like often. Oh, ask me about somewhat, Kevin Love. <laughs> I was gonna say, would you rather extend Kevin Love right now or Karis? Like on maybe like on like manageable deals, I guess. Like on oh, say, like, why you gotta put me on spot like that? Why you gotta put me on this two year extension? A two year extension? Yeah, like I, that's what I'm thinking for Love. Give me, give me. Happen. If you're going to give me last year's Kevin Love, I say Kevin Love on a manageable deal. But that comes with the caveat that you get Colin back. If you get Colin back, I'm okay saying, okay, let's move on from Levert and go acquire, uh, you know, another piece, uh, another wing that we know that we need, uh, you know, a a two-way type of wing or, you know, some type of compensation. And signing Kevin Love to a manageable two to three year deal. Because I think the thing with him, the thing with Kev, is that if you put him in a smaller role, um, if you give him opportunities to, uh, you know, opportunities off ball as a shooter, you're going to get 
a pretty good version of Kevin Love. You're going to get a pretty good return on investment, some good value out of him like you did last season. And you're going to get a healthier Kevin Love because you're not trotting him out there as much. I think last year, Kev was like 24, 25 minutes a game. They may be a yeah, little bit was, lower than that. It was like a that. shade under 23. Yeah, yeah, a little bit lower than but that. But there was a um, lot of times where, I mean, that was – he was out there for a lot. Of, yeah, he was out there oh, yeah. 27, 28 minutes a game on quite a lot of uh, um, situations. But, yeah, right. just to answer your question, I would take Kevin Love for two to three years um, past this upcoming season than I would for Karis LeVarone, similar type of deal. But it's completely dependent upon what's going on with Colin. Yeah, well, that, that's just kind of in that mold of, of the question. I, I think – can't remember who's I, I want to say it was like Luke Goodman who's I, I want to say he used to write for KJG too, but um just like a, a good like Cavs Twitter follow. I think he was the person that tweeted out like uh maybe the Cavs are doing stuff with Colin or we'll just do he'll do the um QO this season and then next season when LeBron comes back they'll give Colin what he wants because like they're going to spend what they have to spend. I thought that was actually kind of like, I mean, it's not that outlandish of a thing. No, but I, it, I really you're going to have to make other moves too because what they're, oh yeah, they, they have would. the room to 42 million, too, maybe. But I, that that's the one guy I feel like with the LeBron rumors that it's, it's kind of tough to see like if he would slot in at all. I mean, I <laughs> no, he's he might, the new Kevin Love. He's going to be in. He's got to be shipped out. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Like, if because of like the like relationship with Kev, like if you have to move Lowry to for basically to get Kev minutes, if LeBron is back, that would kind of piss me off. Like that would be kind of BS. Okay. I mean, at but, this point, we don't need. Again, with LeBron, if he came back, it'd be fine, whatever. I'm not going to ever be mad at that. But <laughs> at this point in his career, is he ever going to, like, not have, like, the like pressing the button on every little thing? Like, at this point, I, I don't know. What do you mean, like, to... on court or off court? Like, decision-making well, kind of in regards both. to – like, okay. Yeah, like, I don't think at this point in his career, I, he never will – he never will do it. But I don't want to have to ship out like a lot, like a number of intriguing young pieces just to bring him back. Because is he ever going to be like whether he all whether he says it or not? Is he ever going to be a guy that's that's going to function as like a an off ball dude? Probably not. I mean, he's a forward by label. He's never really like in he was playing actually kind of that way in Miami. That's when he was, in my opinion, his best version. Like it, he, to me would be best at like the four as like a four type guy. And then you throw it to him in the mid post and then he makes plays. But Mm -hmm. I just don't think he'd ever do that. And if you have to move Lowry to like, for, to like keep LeBron happy to keep bring love back, I guess with Evan involved too, there's just like people act like we'd be like a, shoe-in contender i i honestly don't know I, there's <laughs> a lot of among that bunch i think we there's a lot of contenders there's just a lot of things that like i don't i i don't know though if lebron mobley and allen would be would work as like harmoniously as people think it would because lebron at this point in his career like he hasn't played defense in about five seasons like that that's the case 
Can and he play worse defense than Lowry? Lowry, his point, I'm not like, saying Lowry. Okay, let me, let me preface that by defender. saying He's Lowry fine. is not a bad defender. By like you but, would think that at his size, he would not be as adept defensively as he was last year. But my point is, do you think he could provide same level of defense that Lowry? At least the same level of defense that Lowry, because I think he could. Yeah, he. I mean, he's an off ball like. I mean, he, his timing as a rim protector is is phenomenal and always has been, and he's such an elite in in terms of IQ. It's just rare what he has, and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. And if the buy in this situation, the buy in would be there. Um, but I, I don't like. There's it's just tough to me how like the pecking order would be. It, it there'd be a lot to it. Um, obviously, like the the brawny stuff. I'm not even gonna get into that. But there's Dude. a lot of thing like would he be? But I'm saying like would he actually allow DG to to be the engine of the offense? Because LeBron, I'm sorry, at this point in his career, that's that should not. If he wants to win, that uh-huh. is not what he should be doing. So okay. I don't know, man. I, I I almost would rather him not come back and then just build <laughs> this thing up. And whereas if you got Wiggins. Uh, that is a completely different story. Oh, you're no, ready, I'm, you're ready I'm good. I'm good on both. Like I'm, And when I say I'm good on both, I mean I would be okay with either happening. Both of them obviously present different types of positional fits here. Now, to circle back to LeBron, I, I would love to have LeBron back in town, and that's not me saying, oh, we need LeBron. LeBron, come and save us. I know you're that's, saying. Yeah, that's, that's me saying I think it would work. And I think, you know, when you look about – when you look at – past LeBron teams like what he's had Evan Mobley is pretty damn close or maybe even you know maybe even better at this point in his career than Chris Bosh was uh when he first came yeah I I, I kind of discounted Mobley he, I, he, they would be fine I mean I'm not saying that it would be like a train wreck or anything I'm just saying like behind the scenes the, could the Cavs do the LeBron like whirlwind again I I don't know like Kobe didn't handle that too well the first go round like that that could i don't know if he's, he's necessarily more experienced now he's he's got the the uh the wealth of I experience like, now man i feel like now though he actually has like cachet and yeah. i mean dg kind of is like the leader from here i i just i i worry about lebron because everybody has to walk around eggshells around him and at uh-huh. this point in his career i i just i don't know if i'm i'm ready for that again <laughs> like it's just because so, here's here's the biggest issue is when LeBron if LeBron does come back you're 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 definitely a contender for two years I'm not dying that you could yeah. maybe win one you could but the East is not going to get any easier by any stretch of the imagination he his health is a big question mark I mean do we really know I don't know and uh, the other issue is after he leaves though. And that Mobley Max is there, or that's actually the other thing is the the Mobley Max question too. I mean, would Mobley resign if it's not a Max? Because if LeBron comes back, there's going to be some issues there. Um, I just Do I don't want so? the cupboard. I don't want the cupboard to be because I feel like if LeBron came back, you'd have from a cap standpoint, you might have to move Jarrett at some point down the road. I'd rather not do that. But the cupboard could be bare after two years, just like it was before. So I, it's tough. Uh, it's a fair. I don't, I don't want. I don't want that closing lineup uh, uh, <laughs> prediction from the athletic of of what the Cavs would be for the Lakers going forward. Uh, look, man, 
it's a fair concern and I get it. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of different conversations being had, I'm sure behind closed doors on both ends, like potentially setting up a LeBron return, keeping that max salary slot open, keeping the ability to go out there and acquire a big name next off season, uh, whether that be LeBron Kyrie. or Wiggins type, uh, I would be open to a Kyrie reunion. And I know a lot of people are down on him, but there's obvious caveats with that. So, I mean, any big name you bring in at this point, you're going to risk offsetting the chemistry that people love to use as yeah i'm not so much of a chemistry (laughs) like that that's not my rationale with this it's just more like long-term cap outlook is oh no i got you i'm not lumping you in there my friend (laughs) Um, that's fair um but i do think there is obvious concerns on that and i think uh i would love the storybook ending for lebron to come home and i'm not yeah but at the same time there's obvious you're going to probably have to make some tough decisions in regards to roster personnel. Uh, but yeah. um, those are just two of the storylines. And I don't think we actually got to the worst case scenario for Colin uh, real quick. What is your worst case scenario for Colin? I would just say he comes off the bench and it's it clear. Like he can't find his footing and it's a disaster. And he's traded or, or it's a disaster and you can see it like 25 games in and maybe he's moody and he's never been that type of guy, but maybe like, you don't he think he's going to go the Kevin love route and just that he purposefully maybe, like, give the ball away. Does. Yeah. Like maybe like does things on the floor. I, I don't, that would to me would be it, what it is, but to an extent, I, if they don't give him opportunities, that's, I mean, it's not like it, that couldn't happen at all. So to me, that would be, what it would be and maybe like both sides would kind of mutually agree that he's not like an active member of the team. Like yeah, that, that could, could happen in theory. Go the J.R. Smith route. <laughs> Say, yeah. Well, yeah Got to get out. Route. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be different though for a guy that's going to be 24. And that would be, that would be to me way more on the front office than anything. So JB is going to have a really tough job. Like I, I, this, not this year could that. be make or break for JB, and I hate – I don't oh, even like saying that. Yeah, it, it, I think it absolutely is make or break for him, which is tough. But I, honestly, I can't believe the Vegas over-under, I think, was 41-and-a-half or something. Like Wins. I don't know about that one. That's, the East is tough, tough, man. I don't know. It's, it's going to really be a tough. tough year. And you know what? Our division now – is not that's not going to be like a like the Pacers and Pistons games are not going to be cakewalks. People that think that that's not the case. Those teams match up with us well, and the yeah, Pacers yeah. are going to be running and gun. They're just going to they're going to be pushing the whole time. Those are like they're not easy wins in the East, and even like the Magic, who played us well last year, that East is going to be like it's going to be. A They'll be healthier too. They should be healthier will this be. upcoming season. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe Jonathan Isaac plays at some point. I don't know. Maybe Markel Fultz looks better. <laughs> you just you don't that, know. It's tough. Like I, I mean, you go down the list. It's it's just going to be really difficult. I don't know. Like the, the and now there's expectations on this Cavs team. JB is going to have to. It's it's going to be a, It's just going to be tough. There's a lot of question marks. It's it's hard to say. Just like the Browns, like I, I really don't know what's going to happen. But we'll be. We're, we're excited to see it for sure. 
All righty. Now let's move on to another guy we already talked about a little, but I still want to ask you about best case, worst case scenario for him. And that is Karis LeVert. What is, what do you think his best, uh, his best case scenario is? Um, I, I mean, we kind of hit on it before. I just think eventually move to a bench role um, and then can kind of direct things. I, I, I really do like him as a playmaker. I think what he, like his decision-making and pick and roll is actually very good um, for like a non- lead guard uh and i think him buying into that and actually maybe like as a poa defender if he guards ones like in bench units maybe he can be more destructive because he had some success with that it seemed last year um to me that's what that would be or i guess if the other scenario is is he like blossoms at the starting two and i guess has like a career year as a shooter but I, I like from deep, but I, I just, I think that's unrealistic. How much would you be willing to extend him? <clears throat> I, honestly, I, I'd, I'd rather ride it out um, and potentially have it uh, either trade it for a guy that's really a legit knockdown shooter. Um, if possible from like a fire sale situation, Utah. Um, <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I, I I just I can't put a I I honestly can't say any number of extension right now just because if you don't trade them maybe you ride it out then you have the cap space thing um, I, I just I I need to see the guy actually play like like I don't know sixty games like I because I, I don't think he will there should be an over under on the amount of games <laughs> he plays because I, I, right now I put it at like forty eight because he misses you would bet on that three game he misses You'd thirty games a year. Like that's the problem. So to me, that that's a big problem because he has an extensive history with that. I mean, the foot, that that's foot. I, I don't know if that thing's ever going to be healthy. Like that, that's <laughs> that's not said, but it's hard to get it. And I, I, and and I don't. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. It's hard to get to your spots like and get into a rhythm as a player like him that is just had so many injury issues. And and I mean, he had that that tumor removed. Like, ugh. It's just t- he's in a tough situation. Do a lot. There's a, he's, there's a world of pressure on him too. Oh so yeah, it, I but I, I to answer your question again, I, I I can't say I'd extend him at all. Period. Yeah, um, I think right now it all just hinges upon what's going on with Colin, and then we can we can talk once we know whether or not Colin's going to play on the qualifying offer. And the toughest thing about that is not truly knowing whether or not that means Colin is going to take the mindset that, you know what, I'm just going to play this season out and then I'm gone. Um, it's tough because the the organization, obviously they'll have contact with them and they'll be able to have a better sense of that than we will. But having to wait this thing out, man, <laughs> it's terrible. It's it's tough. It's uh, definitely, definitely something. Definitely putting lines, lines on my forehead. It, yeah, I mean, we've had so many of these situations in Cleveland pop up where it just everything is just looming over one or two different things, whether that be with the Browns and Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, all that good stuff. And then now that loan, that last domino uh, for for Cleveland, uh, for the Cavaliers rather, is Colin. Uh, so it's just I'm tired <laughs> of waiting this out. I hope he makes a decision yeah. here soon, but we'll have to see. Um what is the worst case scenario for Cares? Well, I, I don't want to 
sound like a like doomsday <laughs> person here, but worst cases he play. I mean, starts maybe seven games in has well might have like a maybe like a meniscus tear or like a, an injury, um, like a, where he misses a chunk of games and then has to like ramp up and then takes another seven eight games to get himself right. To me, that's what it is, and whether that's fair to say or not, that's to me like if you start him and play him in that role, that's a that's a very strong possibility because that's just the track record with him. And does he? He's just never really been a difference maker in his like throughout his career. Like it's just not really really clicked. I, I don't know, like. He's a fine player. I mean, I'm not going to grill the guy. I mean, I understand why he was extended when he was, but it's just there's always been this, like, potential tag, it feels, with Karis LeVert, and it just it doesn't seem like it's, it's just ever really come together. And that just, to me, would be the worst case is um, if he gets injured again or, I mean, I guess if he just – completely flops as a starting two, which uh, unfortunately could happen. It could happen with Colin if he were to. I mean, that's just, I mean, objectively. But yeah. that's the case, and then they basically get nothing for him at all, I guess, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, that would be a pretty damn <laughs> uh, worst-case scenario right there. That's, that's well, definitely Well, I'm, I'm inherently biased, um, but I just – I just don't people that that think Karis Levert is is like a, a long term answer. I'm sorry, haven't really seen Karis Levert's career play out. So <laughs> that's just that's just my two cents. Fair enough, fair enough, my friend. So let's go ahead and move on here to another player who we've referenced earlier on, but still has probably just as much needs in a, a, a good season, a breakout season, just as much as any, and that is Isaac Okoro. So we know the guard rotation and to a smaller degree, the forward rotation, at least at the three, is going to be a difficult thing for JB to kind of um, divvy up here. But what do you think the best case scenario for Isaac Okoro would be for the 2022-23 season? Oh, that's a tough one. Um I would just say is 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 really like a a steadying force defensively. I, I'd like to see him more uh, active off ball. I think he really has good anticipation and reads things out well. Um, like his free navigation last year was good overall, and, and I, I think off ball like there is more playmaking to be had there. Um, and I think he'll understand that more, especially with the two bigs back there that are. I mean, just incredible guys in that way. Um, I'd like to see that from him. Um, But offensively, just, I mean, at least maybe be a little like less bashful as a shooter Um, and not just shoot from the corner, like shoot from the wings. Um, Just, just play with just more assertive offensively. And I mean, I'm not going to put like a number on it because that's hard with, I mean, just with a guy like that, it's a tertiary player, but I would just say find ways to be impactful is like a secondary ball mover. I, I think he has that in him. I mean, the, the, the sample size was small at mm-hmm. Auburn, but he was actually like, like the, was actually silently very efficient as like a 
like secondary playmaker, um, like getting the ball to shooters. And I, I'd like to see more out of that for from him. And I think they just don't allow him to do that. Um, but I think this year they, they need to see if he can do that. And I'm not just saying that as like, oh, like let's let him develop in game. But he needs to have the green light to at least try to do that more, not just like catch the ball and take two dribbles and just throw like an adjacent pass. Like you, you have to allow, like that's not going to help a guy's confidence at all. And no. that to me is what I, I would like to see. I think that's fair. And, you know, we've seen small sample sizes in regards to Okoro's facilitation as a secondary ball handler um, throughout these past two seasons, whether that be that breakout month of May that he had when DG missed some time during his rookie year. And I think he still only averaged, I think, three assists per game during that nine game stretch in May that year. Uh, But you could see there were obvious, you know, signs of him uh, showing some type of. Uh, skill set as a secondary playmaker beside uh, Colin Sexton during that stretch. And even if we get to see the guy, you know, get opportunities, um, you know, doing that off the bench this upcoming season, I would love to see it. Now for him, I think he's going to have to show something from a statistical standpoint. I think they're going to want to see him clear. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, if yeah. he's going to get starters minutes in particular, yeah. Like he has he's gonna to have to clear double digit points. Yeah, there's got to be like, it's got to be like 11, give or take, points a game. He's got to be, I mean, it can't just be like exclusively catch and shoots. Like he's he's got to make some plays. Like I, I agree in that way, but I, I don't yeah. I, I don't think as the year progresses, he's going to end up playing starting minutes. I, I really don't. No, I think so. um, as, as much as I hate to say it, I think that there is a certain level of uh, – Truth to the fact that we could be seeing Abaji take some of those minutes um, as the season goes on, depending upon how he starts the year off. But that's going to be be entirely dependent upon how he looks, because we know in college he was a knockdown shooter. We know what he can do off ball. Um, Okoro, like you said, we don't want to see all of his attempts be off ball. We want to see him maybe pull up a little bit, which we've seen him do that. Even in that, um, if you remember in his rookie year, that Phoenix game, and I think I just posted the video about Mm -hmm. this the other day, um, that Phoenix game, he took a couple of really nice pull up attempts off the dribble. Uh, And then he was fed a few from Colin. Uh, but he certainly has the capability with, with him. It just appears to be a lack of general confidence. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I don't know if that's a fear of, uh, being pulled. I don't know if that's a fear of having JB (laughs) staring at you on the sidelines. I don't know what that is. Uh, but this season it's going to become a huge talking point. Um, you know, what, what ends up happening with the Coro this season is going to decide his career, at least for the next couple of seasons, whether that be he's moved in a deal, whether that be he is uh, not extended when the time comes, whether that be he falls out of the rotation. Um, a lot of question marks in regards to him. What is the worst case scenario with Isaac? Well, I think you just hit on it. I think it's just, he just eventually is falls out of rotation all altogether. Um, I, I just think like because he's still gonna they're gonna have he'll get minutes at three I would imagine too and that yeah that's fine like him he, and Abaji he's, he's I a, think he's a sturdy dude I mean like that's fine yeah and with Abaji as well um but yeah I, I this is 
I don't know if this hot is hot takey or anything, but I, I just I, I want to say I said it in like a different podcast recently, but I, I think it's I mean, just gut feeling right now. I, I think there's a higher possibility that he's a trade piece as opposed to extended. Um, I just don't know with the other guys involved now if he's going to show enough to, to be worthy of an extension. Um, and cause if he's still here, I don't think he will be, but if he is, I mean, factoring the three stuff as well, like Jetty Osmond could play it and do that a little bit. I know they're not the same player, but that's another guy. Um, like if you have Jetty on the roster, like he, he could get some minutes, um, because we've seen what he can do in theory. I mean, when he's he hot, hot, he's hot. When he's cold, yeah, when he's, he's hot, cold he's, as hell. Right. Yeah. It's it's very yeah hot and cold, obviously. But yeah, with ice, I, I just I think that worst case scenario is again that's probably exactly that. But yeah, I, I just think he's he could be a guy that's a trade package type dude because. Yeah, I, I an extension for him or, or I mean, eventually, like, I, I don't know if like giving him a, a QO down the road would act, would be sensible. I, I just we, we have to see it. Maybe he's he's just like an all world defender and even really is like locking in on that. But mm-hmm. he's just not. It, it's it's tough because he doesn't have like he has some, like he has some functional quickness, but it's not like enough to really be a differentiator. And I, I, I've said it, I'll say it again. Like, I think Lamar really does factor into that, like, wing slash perimeter defensive piece role. Like, I, I think if he has regular minutes and allows some chemistry to build between the other guys, I think he could be more effective. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, a lot of question marks in regards to the rotation. A lot of guys who probably are deserving of minutes that may not get some. I think Lamar kind of fits that mold. Same to Dean. Um, you know, a lot of people forget that Dean missed a hefty portion yeah, of time towards he, the end of the him season. Being out really was way more of a loss defensively than I think many do realize. Yeah. Like it wasn't just Allen being out. Like he he missed time too, and that hurt. They that like hurt. those yeah, guys for a reason. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. Very much sure. team first, guys. Um, Lamar, anytime you put him out there, uh, whatever assignment, uh, assignment you put him on, he's always game, whether that be at the two, the three, or the four. Um, and very underrated what he brings to the table from a defensive standpoint. I think he's as probably always, the most, he's probably the most multi positional guy on the team, actually. Just might be, which is because. Weird. Isaac has a clear at six foot four, just like with DG and Colin, any other small guard, there's going to be a clear limit to what you can bring to the table defensively. Isaac at six, four, six, five, there's going to be a, you know, he is sturdy, but there is going to be somewhat of a limit on guys you can play him against. But Lamar is kind of the best of both worlds with that, just because he's not quite big enough to take on like taller uh, power forwards and, and centers, but although he's strong, um, but he's small enough and quick enough to go out there and, you know, man up against some of the NBA's best twos and threes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's definitely a guy who could warrant some rotational run. But for me, for him, he's either got to develop a consistent three-point shot or he's got to completely lean into that mid-range game and do so with such high uh, efficiency that he's, you know, um, somebody that you have to play. Yeah. Uh, with him, it's – 
it can be pretty clear in games like how things are going, like whether he can be viable, whether he's got it or not. Yeah, yeah, like you'll know in the first five minutes how things are going, but that's okay. And with guys that are fringe dudes, like it's it's very difficult to be like just looking at numbers at face value with them because, it, but I, I'm with you. Like he, ha, he, I mean, as opposed to Isaac, like there's no three. I, I mean, he, there were flashes last year and, and there was improvement you could say, but there was, was all, really not, you, that's you just not him. his game. And yeah, the problem is like, if like he, I like how he can self start, like that's good, but at times like it, it can definitely be crippling on offense for stretches too. So it's, it's tough to say, but I just like what he, the energy he brings and I don't know. It's just the, the team seems to feed off him when, when he gets going a, l- a little bit more than other guys. I don't know why that dog mentality. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys who embodies that man. And I love that Isaac is there too. Dean does certainly. Zach, well, <laughs> no, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm very interested to see where those guys fall in within the rotation. But another guy I kind of want to touch on here is um, Ochai. Uh, we we know that the 14th overall pick is obviously going to get uh, he's going to get his opportunities. He's going to get a fair share of the minutes and uh, minutes in the rotation, whether that be like a 15 to 20 minutes role uh, in year one or something more than that, depending upon how the season starts. But what do you think the best case scenario for uh, Abaji's rookie season would be? Well, best case scenario would be uh, if there's a move, either Colin and or Karras, um, I could actually see him being eventually like, I mean, if he shows enough, like by like turn of the year, be actually like a starting two. Like, I I don't think that's as outlandish as some might think, or I guess. Is there a realm of possibility that he could start at the three over Lowry? I don't see that. Um, Just with how JB likes to play big. I think if it were to come to that, they'd. I mean, if you look at the numbers, technically, like it. I don't know if they eventually say like in that sense to me, it'd be like if they moved Kevin love is an expire, like use his expiring to move him. Um, and then they would put Lowry like in his super sub, like four role. Um, and then they'd have Dean actually as a starting three in that sense. Like, I, I don't like, I don't think that happens, but I could see that more um, just with JB's philosophy. It seems being that way, just from like defensively, it allows you to, um, inherently have like added help via length. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think Igbaji, I think more on that end of the floor, it's going to be more of an adjustment for him. I think he knows exactly where he fits slots in on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, he's, I mean, a high IQ defender. Um, and I, I actually really like his closeouts. Uh, I think he, he doesn't just have a wingspan. Like he actually uses that um, functionally. So yeah, starting two shots fired. It cares Levert. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's that's probably the overall theme here. So sorry, sorry, Karis. <laughs> I'm sure he titled the episode game. differently. Karis doesn't. Breaking news: Karis does not care what Dan Galinsky blogger thinks. But oh, he might. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say that's probably a no, but who knows. Alrighty, so worst case scenario for Abaji, 
you think he doesn't clear the rotation, anything like that? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is. Problem, like in that sense, maybe he plays more with the charge. I guess okay. is the only way. Um, I would put it maybe. Well, yeah, maybe like has a this season or yeah, yeah, maybe like this season Dylan season where not like injured but just doesn't like seems to have like confidence as an issue. I think that'll be just the key with him is. I don't want to grill the guy, and I, I really liked him for a lot. I feel like I gave was stuck with him longer than me. Ochai or Dylan? I, I'm just saying, like, I hope – I think with Ochai, they just need to stress to him, don't be Dylan, because Dylan just just does not – he won't pull <laughs> the trigger anymore. Dylan. I I don't know what it is. It's just sad because he – like, in theory, as, as you you and, and Justin Rowan or love to say, like, hypothetical Dylan, like I, I really was born in Dylan. Like I'll admit I was, that was a complete flop by me. Like, <laughs> Hey, Corey, I thought he would have got a whole Jersey. Corey bought I just the whole thought he would have been so good. Like I, I really thought he was like, I thought he was going to be like a, I don't want to say Duncan Robinson, such a lazy take, but like, I, I guess with Ochai, like it's just, we just need him to be like the Dylan that translates. That's he all took it is. Thirty, I think, thirty-two threes over the summer league four-game stretch, and if he that can carry that type of mindset, that's great. That was great to see. Like, yeah, it's just I just want him to be confident. I really don't even care. Like, it's a rookie, and it's going to be a rotational rookie. Like, there's going to have some fluctuation as a shooter. It's probably going to be that way month to month. But I just want him to shoot. I, I want him to have no conscience whether he's making or missing. That's that's all I all I want. Worst case would be he just like hesitates. So we'll see. That's all. It's certainly possible. Um, And that's actually, you know, a great spot to be in. If you think about it for the Cavs and not, maybe not so much, you don't want that to occur. You don't want there to be confidence issues, but to have the 14th pick not have to play would be a great thing. Like to not rush him along to, uh, have him play with the charge or, you know, see mop up duty minutes, something like that could actually be beneficial to Cleveland. It could speak to the other pieces on the team. Um, but, you know, so you're, when you're for like an Aaron, uh, Aaron Neesmith type deal. <laughs> he actually might hey, be decent now. He might, he might. Yeah. There's something we'll see there. what happens. Um, with, with Ochai, I think you're going to have to, you know, just, I don't really think you're going to see confidence issues out of him, but I think that's certainly a possibility. Either. I did not think that you would see confidence issues with Dylan either, but, I mean, here we are. I, I will say with Dylan, though, that, I mean, even coming out, there it is – the release needs to be quicker. Like, that, that is the key with Agbaji. It's that thing is lightning fast. Like, and, and he – I mean, it's high as well. Like, he, he gets a lot of lift. And the, the mechanics with Dylan were they were a question mark and and as was the competition level. So yeah, um, I think that's a fair point right there. And I, the last guy I kind of want to touch on here is Ricky Rubio, and um, we know that Rubio is probably going to miss a hefty portion of the season, and there's every bit the possibility that he doesn't play. Um, give me your best case scenario for Rubio this season. Hmm. I would just say 
maybe plays around half of games. It's it's tough to put like we just have to see how things play out um, and what happens with Colin uh, Karras. There, there's just a lot of factors, but I would just say is is like a defensive playmaker that he was last year um, with the active hands. I think that that's something that Cavs fans almost seem to like discount with Rubio. He's just, like he's he's just a pest on that end of the floor. He makes plays all over the place. And I think that plays into it. Um, I, I just think in general uh, is, I mean, when he's back near that six, seven assist mark, um, I, I just think his, his vision is rare. And I just think also with him, like just to be confident and, and trust his body. Um, and, I also have confidence as a shooter that he had last year. That that to me was he had the green light. It didn't uh, from a t- was, statistical uh, standpoint. It did not look great, but he had the green light. Well, I don't know. I just part of me thinks like if he had that sort of green light throughout his career in other areas, maybe he would have been like a potentially big time shooter like in his career like because he's never I mean it's all pull-ups usually and step backs but like he 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 can get to his spots like it's like you're not gonna for like he's gonna do what he wants like with Rubio generally but yeah I just think he for me it's just like does he look right physically and is like I, I just think with him a key part of him getting minutes is is for his defense so uh I think that would be good to see and, and him being able to play with Colin or Darius or Karras, like uh, just being able to give those, I think a big also key is giving Darius some off ball stretches too. Uh, But it's hard to say from like, like I guess numbers, maybe he gets, maybe he averages like, I don't know, nine and seven, uh, maybe I guess. But it's again, it's just so difficult. We have to see how he responds, like mentally coming off that, because it was the second ACL tear in that in that knee as well. Yeah, uh, a lot of question marks in regards to Rubio. That's part of the reason why they got him for what many consider to be kind of a bargain, because I think he was going to be a little bit more expensive, so. uh, a little bit more expensive than that. Had he not gotten injured with the season, the type of season the Cavs started off having before he got injured, but. I'd say nine and seven would probably be, as the kids say these days, a W. Um, just because you're going to have more of a spread out offense, in my opinion. DG, yeah. by the very nece- the nature, was necessitated to have the ball in his hands more because there was no Rubio at a point. Colin was lost very early in the season. And uh, you, the guys that you brought in to be secondary facilitators, i.e. Uh, Brandon Goodwin, uh, Rondo, um, you know, Karis LeVert, they just did not, they were not able to seriously take a lot of that load off of his back. So um, you're Literally. going to see a, you're, yeah, you're going to see a more spread out offense this year. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think from a statistical standpoint, all the way around, you're going to see guys have a little bit lesser of a season. I do not think Darius Garland is going to put up the same stats he did this upcoming season as he did last season, although it's possible. I do not see 
Karis Levert having a breakout season, although it's certainly possible. I think he's going to look better, but I don't think he's going to have the best statistical season of his career. I don't think Colin. Colin's going to be the same way. If Colin comes back uh, and you know puts up a good 19 to 20 points per game and a four or five assists, I'm ecstatic with that. As long as it's in, as long as it goes along with the scheme of the offense, as long as the ball is moving around, I think everybody's going to be happy. I think everybody's going to get touches. Uh, but again, um, you know, I'm not in the the captain's chair here, and I'm not making the decisions for the rotation. This is all going to come down to J.B. Bickerstaff. It's going to come down to what Luke Walton brings to the table, an underrated addition this offseason. Um, yeah. A lot of question marks. But for Rubio, 9-7 and seven would be fine with me. Uh, what is the worst-case scenario for him? Yeah, I, I think this is the season. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, worst-case scenario, he just doesn't play at all, maybe. Uh, or is just not like just looks not at all right. Um, and then I don't know, then we have like a deli the year, like the 2021 deli where he played in what 13, 14 games sort of thing. And it's just clearly it just doesn't look like himself. I think that is possible. I, I don't think it's really that possible, but maybe. Um, I just think the the one thing about Rubio that some seem to ignore is he's never been a guy like like Colin not didn't predicated have all the athleticism. It's it's not at all. So I just think with him the the biggest thing is up here, and I, I think you're gen- like it's generally you kind of know what you're going to get usually, and and he's going to create. He, he's a three point generator is is really a master in the PNR as well um, as a passer and. I think he'll be pretty solid. Uh, but again, it does kind of hurt that they weren't able to clear more space away from the tax threshold um, in that, in that deal is the only thing. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see how all this plays out, man. Um, a lot of question marks in regards to pretty much everybody up and down the roster, although some have more on them than others. Um, you know, mainly the guys we talked about today and Colin Sexton, Karis LeVert, Isaac Coro, Ochai, to an extent, Rubio, um, a lot of question marks. I- I'm glad that we have the core that we have in place right now, though, and Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, and hopefully we're able to see a collective um, step forward next season from from – most, if not everybody in Cleveland. Um, I know, as you said uh, a little while ago, the Vegas over-under numbers in regards to the win totals are not really favoring the Cavs highly right now, nor are rankings, um, as I think a recent one had them at nine. Oh, no, I was saying I- I'm surprised it was 41 and a half. Like, I thought that was high. Oh, I just, okay. I think it's I- – I get what you're saying. No, I, We're I being don't pessimistic think, here, I see. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's a – I, it's just tough to say with how the East is. Right. Um, Give me your win total right now. Don't 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 sugarcoat it. Don't step around it. Give me your win total right now. Your prediction. Way too early prediction. I'll I'll be. I, I'm. I mean, I'll walk back in a bit, but I'll say. I'll say forty six wins. I, I think that is right now. What like I could see that. Um, I, I could definitely be wrong, but it's just it seems like there's a lot of variance with the Cavs. I just think it's like, they can't have 
I, I just think it, a lot of it hinges behind the scenes what what plays out with Colin and and does that have like an impact in the rest of the team if if it kind of goes sour like if we have like a kind of like Baker situation um, that to me is more of a question than like the actual um, on the floor stuff but I, I think this team with what they went through last year I think it will it will prove key for them. But it's just going to be, can this young group like be more effective in crunch time? Um, and I think a lot of it hinges on, can JB offensively figure it the hell out? Because he he's kind of the reason why those guys that got hurt, I mean, aside from Colin, kind of to some extent why like Rubio got hurt. I mean, that's on him. And, and it's and DG, it's the same thing. Like, it, I just think can the it all hinges on can this team be like relatively healthy? Last year, some of it was luck, but it's just like he needs to change his X's and O's offensively. Like, they they cannot just drive things into the ground um, with their lead playmakers, and it that that does worry me. So, yeah, right now I'll say that, but it's it's just this is this is like i feel like i have more uncertainty about this team coming into the season than they like ever have in any year as a Cavs fan like and that's really? not like a bad thing it's just there it, the season could go in so many different directions maybe they behind like maybe we don't know maybe they make a, a swing a big deal I, I don't know i don't think so but maybe they do we'll see Certainly possible. Some big names out there. We are going to have to wait and see. But I appreciate you for coming on in Corey's absence, man. Always good to talk some Cavs basketball with you. And I'm sure we'll have you on a lot more uh, during the season as well. With that said, Cavs fans, as we always tell you, if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening or viewing on, and take a screenshot and send it to It's Cavalier 53 at gmail.com. That said, have a good day.